This, this, this is you. KUT. KUT, Austin. Stop. I used to get mad at my Welcome to Higher Ed, KUT's podcast focusing on issues of higher education, lifelong learning, and exercising the brain. I'm Jennifer Staten with KUT 90.5, Austin's NPR station, talking as always with Dr. Ed Berger, president of Southwestern University in Georgetown, Texas. Hello, Ed. Hello, Jennifer. Uh, Great to be in your studios. Can I ask you a question? I just... Sure. I'm looking up and there's an on-air sign Uh that's lit up. When we are not actually recording and we're not on the air, does that light go off? It goes off. What what turns it on is when the microphones are turned on. Ah. It, it's connected to turning the light uh, on. Because every time I've been here, that, that light's been on, but of yeah. course, we're always talking. Right. We have a question from a listener. Greg is a student at Texas State University in San Marcos, Texas, and he sent in a, a great question. It's really intriguing. And he said that he's curious about to hear from a teacher or counselor's perspective. So right. we're going we're gonna to rely on you, Ed, for that, on how to form meaningful relationships with students and how that affects their grades and behavior. It's, it's kind mm. of a short and feels like a simple question, but it's actually a really deep question because those Absolutely. relationships that, that teacher or counselor student relationship can, can really impact students, you know, for, for better or for worse. So why don't we start with how can teachers or teachers or counselors form meaningful relationships with students? Well, I, I would first of all like to actually pick up the last part of yeah. it, if I can first, because sure. to say how, how the complexity of this. Yeah. You know, there's the educator, you know, mentor role of I am here to make you even better. And then there's this role of assessor where I'm going to assess you mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell you where you are in this body of knowledge with a grade. And and those two things can be in conflict. You know, you can easily imagine a situation where um, a teacher just for some reason is annoyed by a student and, and, you know, how do you prevent that bias from negatively impacting the person's grade? And conversely, you know, a, a teacher really thinks a student is fantastic, likes the personality or w- likes watching the person do the sports or whatever, and therefore buoys, you know, unintentionally buoys a grade or intentionally for that matter, which is, of course, unethical. But so it's very complicated. That I just want to start off by saying this is a, a difficult road. The way that I try to navigate it, I mean, you know, we all are human beings with emotions, so it's hard to completely clean this out. But I do talk about I don't give grades. I report the news in some sense. Now, you can argue with me, and I can't argue back that well, but you know, when you're reporting the news, isn't there some kind of subjective nature to that? And, and I can't argue with that. So, okay. But I do use that language that I am not giving you a grade. I am just kind of reporting what you've earned. Well, yes, you've you earned said, a grade. You have said that students earn right. the grades. So 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 but still I use that language to try to diffuse this differential so I can have meaningful relationships with my students. Um, now the question of how is interesting. 
And, and it depends, I guess, what the student is looking for. If it's kind of a Machiavellian, I want to do really well, and so I want the student to just love me, uh, versus I just want to get as much out of this relationship as possible. But maybe in either, either way, th- the truth is you want to engage with that instructor on the level of curiosity of the material. I think what is very meaningful is is when a student engages with with a teacher and wants to know more or wants to go deeper or or has this curiosity about what it is that they're discussing. That I think is always a powerful way of of engaging and building a relationship. But then once that starts, then it becomes a much more human relationship and I will say that I've enjoyed uh many such engagements with students where they come to me and they share things that are that are off the course, you know, personal issues or issues from other, you know, aspects of their education, or they seek advice, or they just want to be a sounding board, or they're having problems. I mean, you know, teachers are, are really um, also facilitators that, that sometimes, if the relationship is right, can be a place of trust for um, a student to share something that might be either very joyful, which of course is a wonderful thing, but quite frankly, more often than not, is usually something that's really unfortunate or tragic, and the person doesn't know where to go. I've had many such conversations over my 30-year career where students will say, I don't know what to do with this, but I actually want to share it with you. And then they'll tell me something, and and, and most of the time, I'm able to help in, in some either modest way or maybe actually in some less modest way. But there have been times where they've been so serious where I actually had to then call a real professional, like a counselor or someone, and say, I need help as to how to help this student. And so um, when those relationships happen, even when you're dealing with things that aren't very pleasant, it's so meaningful on the teacher side to have that trust of a student that they want to come in and engage with you on that level. But but to to start that relationship uh, through the material, through a curiosity, uh, hopefully genuine and not kind of a Machiavellian, I'm going to pretend to really like calculus, but I really don't. I think that that's a great way to, to kind of break the ice. I'm thinking about primarily high school teachers and then teachers that I had in college. And I would think to myself, I really like this teacher. We have a great relationship. He or she's a great teacher. It's going really well. And then I see them when I'm out of school, and I don't know, I don't know how to act around them. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I even have trouble calling them by their first name. Yep. You know, an English teacher I had in high school, and then I see her, and I'm like, Mrs. Oh, wait, I don't have to call you that anymore. It's such a, can be such a particular relationship to that setting. And then, you know, we all know that we've had teachers who've impacted us later in life, but how that relationship carries forward from the classroom kind of beyond school time is always really interesting to me. And and very personal, which really is dictated by the teacher or the instructor, the professor, uh, her or himself. I mean, in my case, you know, I go in there into the classroom and I make it very clear. I, I basically will often say this explicitly, but if not, my actions completely make it clear that I'm not there to be their friend and that I am here... Uh, to engage them in in mindful practices and 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 material that's of interest and that you know that's my job is to make them grow intellectually, and then for those students who then say okay well that resonates with me so I now want to get to know this person then those relationships form. 
I mean, there are other teachers, and I, I'm not saying that one is good and one is bad. They're just different. But they go, they go into the classroom and they just say, you know, I'm here to support you and whatever I can do, and you can come to me always and so forth and so on. I invite students to always come in, but I'm not their pal. And, and so I do, I do draw certain lines. And, and if there's ever a time where a student kind of crosses a line, I am very clear. Even, and this sounds silly, I'm going to say something that, that people are going to not like, but even with language, I'm teaching college, you know, age students and older, right? So these are students that are, you know, in their late teens, 20s, 30s, and so forth. And, you know, so people will get so excited and emotional, either happy or, or, or frustrated that they'll say an expletive that we cannot say on the air um, of all sorts. And, and I will, if you're in my office, I will call you on it and say, you don't use that language in front of me. And, and they laugh and I kind of mean it that way. But it also is saying that, you know, that might not be appropriate in every single setting. And this is a setting where I would suggest it's not appropriate. So, you know, I'm, I'm constantly trying to make sure that I'm not becoming one of their pals, if that makes sense. Yeah. And because that seems like that could be, that could just lead to all kinds of complications and difficult and confusion. It leads to a confused relationship. And I'm not saying that you, teachers can't be pals, but it just makes it more complicated. Certainly, as you're suggesting, after graduation, then the dynamic can change dramatically. And, and you see you know, lots of situations where people become very, very close um, and become really dear friends afterwards. And, and that's great, too. Uh, it's just a matter of what makes sense for those two individuals. I think what makes sense right now is to get to the puzzler. You are so good. We had you, you are so good. We had a new one last week. A bit of a mystery, I, I think. No, it's, not for you. You wrote down the answer instantly. I did, there I was did. no mystery. Well, I did happen to get, but I mean, I'm saying it's I not. I found that irksome. It's not a math question. No, no, no. It's, it's a logic. A bit, it's a logic It's a little thing. more of a logic one. So a friend of mine sent this to me. And the question, just to remind our listeners, was that um, a scarf, a carrot, And five pieces of coal are seen lying on a hill near a remote house. Now, nobody put them on the lawn, but there's a perfectly reasonable explanation for why they should be there. And the question is, why? And I gave a hint for those who wanted the hint, which was that this is going to be much more challenging for our Texas listeners than for our listeners in Illinois. But without that hint, our co-host, the wonderful Jennifer Staten, immediately scribbled something down, which was almost illegible, but I grabbed it from her to see. And sure enough, it was a one-word response, and it was the correct answer. Would you like to share it with me? Yes. Those are the remnants of a melted snowman. Or the decorations placed upon a melted snowman. The carrot for the nose, of course, the scarf. You know, the coal piece arrangement, I think, is up to the individual. No, no, no. I'm going to call you on this. Now, tell me how those five pieces were arranged. Well, <laughs> because eyes, Because you were got it so easily, I'm eyes, going to try to challenge you well, now. Well, eyes, nose, and three buttons. Cur- no, not nose. Or, the nose is the, the, nose is oh, the, the carrot. Oh, it's the carrot. Eyes. So, eyes and three buttons. Three buttons. That's but that's right. four. Oh, two eyes. Five. Right. Yeah. Five. Yeah, got it. Eyes. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I bungled the, the puzzle that I the got. Eyes but it. The yeah. eyes have it. Okay. Yes. No, I like this one. It's You just have to think differently about it than, you know, we've had some in the past about large checkerboards with alternating numbers and black and white spaces. And it's just a different way of having to think about it. So we've been talking this episode about a question from Greg, a listener who was curious about a teacher or counselor's perspective on how to form meaningful relationships with students and how that affects grades and behavior. And I'm, I'm, as we wrap up, Ed, I'm just curious sort of about the, the behavior part of this, because I'm thinking that for students, uh, um, 
the the relationships they have with teachers can really impact sort of the attitude that they bring to all of their classes. So if, you know, if they've got healthy relationships with their teachers, I don't want to say they're liking their teachers because it's not all about liking them, but if they're resonating with their teachers and those teachers are are really connecting with them, that can really make or break a school experience, you know, beyond what particular courses a student takes or even where they're attending school. Oftentimes, it's the teacher relationship that students will, you know, 30, 40 years later think is Absolutely. what really made the experience. Absolutely. And, and you know, trying to, and when you read the, when you read uh, Greg's question a second time, I actually heard it a little differently, which is kind of what do the teachers do uh, to to form those relationships with the students. I was saying what the student can do to form the relationship well, with the teacher. But yeah, what about on, the teachers? Yeah, though? but on the teacher side, I mean, it's it's kind of things that that I have been suggesting that that we do, which is you know to to always be there as a resource and to, and to offer yourself and and to say you know always come by and be very welcoming. I think this being welcoming is a is a very important way of creating those relationships. Uh, I I will say that uh, I had. Uh, probably one really interesting bad relationship with a, a faculty member uh, when I was younger and it was so odd and, and and I couldn't it was it seemed so strained to me and I couldn't it was a puzzle that I couldn't figure out as a young person and so I decided to confront it and I went into this professor's office and I just said to him do you have a problem with me? Uh, am I have I done something to bother you? Because I certainly didn't mean to do that, and I'd love to just kind of clear the air. And he said, "Oh no, no, I don't know why you say that, and everything is fine." And in hindsight, now this was thirty five years ago or so, I realized that the guy was just a little strange. But at the time, I mean, it's true. And by the way, I, I ended up liking this person and we ended up did having a nice, you know, friendship and he was a good mentor. But that first initial course, I just didn't understand how he worked. And so it was a little odd for me to kind of wrap myself, my kind of brain around that. Um, but when I did, then it ended up being a fine relationship. But so that's another thing that 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 faculty can do is just you know try not to play too many kind of mind games uh, unless they're somehow kind of uplifting uh, with our students, but try to just encourage them. Well, and that that's a really good point to end on because what that points to also is how the sort of development and exploration and formation of those relationships can be educational experiences within themselves because whatever the subject matter may have been that that particular teacher was teaching, you were learning and figuring things out about relationships and how to make relationships go well and what to do if a relationship is not going well. And this was sort of a a laboratory, if you will, for working on some of that. And and if I could just share one final thought that you provoked with your comment, sometimes you can have meaningful um, experiences with a faculty member without having that kind of close-knit type of uh, relationship with, with that person. What comes to mind, because now I'm living back my undergraduate years, was one of my favorite professors who was actually a philosophy professor. His demeanor was that he never knew who I was. I took four classes with him. So starting the beginning of my, my junior year, all the way through the end of my senior year, every single semester, four semesters in a row, I took a class with him. Some were larger, some were smaller. And I believe he had to know who I was, but he was playing a mind game with me. But he would pretend not to know. And at one point, like in into like my second class with him, I said, you know, can I sign up for this other class? And he said, uh, 
have you ever taken a philosophy class before? And I said, well, I'm in your class now. And he goes, well, then it's fine. You can take my class. I mean, now I don't know if it was a mind game or not, but I will tell you that maybe out of all my professors in all subjects, including math, he had the most positive impact on my life, on my ability to think, to analyze, to appreciate beauty, to, to philosophize. He was a remarkable teacher. And in fact, when, when I graduated, I gave him, I knew he was a big scotch drinker. I gave him a, a, a very fancy bottle of like Johnny Walker Black Label or something, which was you know, very expensive at the time. And I, but I couldn't care less. And, and I just gave it, I said, you know, thank you. I mean, I just thought he was so wonderful, even though I had no relationship with him essentially <laughs> at all uh, by design, but he was fantastic, right? So you have to be open to that too. That their relationship may just look a little different. And yet still be meaningful. And still be meaningful. Well, thank you, Ed, for always helping us bring meaning to situations and keep our brains sharp. Dr. Ed Berger is president of Southwestern University in Georgetown, Texas. And by the way, if you have an idea for a topic you'd like to hear us discuss on Higher Ed, you can email it to me at jstaton, that's J-S-T-A-Y-T-O-N at K-U-T dot org. That's jstaton at KUT.org. You can find out more about Southwestern at southwestern.edu, and you can keep your brain busy by keeping up with the news and other episodes of Higher Ed at KUT.org. You can also find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jennifer Staten, KUT News.